this is Stephanie Ortega, and you're listening to the Remix Movement Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 15. Number 15. Number 1515. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is a good day. Yes, it is. It is a good day. You have made it through the week. It's the weekend. And it's a good day because God is still alive. Oh, yeah. Amen. So I'm excited uh, for this episode, and I think it's going to be very, very good. But before we get started on the new topic, let's talk about last week's episode. Uh, last week, we talked about American Idols. And uh, we talked about how if you have any idols, the challenge was identify those idols and remove them and throw them away. For sure. So I believe everybody and anybody, you know, I reexamined my life and I kind of saw certain areas where, you know, I can put more time here with God and take more time out of there. So uh, if you haven't been able to do so, we encourage you to do so. Yeah, keep Just working on it. Keep working on it. Uh, identify those areas and, and those idols that you put a lot of meaning and emphasis on that maybe you're like, you know what? I don't really have to put that as my main priority. Right. And what's great is that you're not alone. You're not alone. We're all in this together. And, you know, reach out to us via DM or uh, reach out to us in the comments of any of our posts. For sure. And definitely reach out to your leaders and your pastors at church. Yes. I mean, honestly, like if we're in this together and we are family and we know that this is a meaningful way for us to grow together, like don't be uh, ashamed to go ahead and just reach out to them. Absolutely. All right. So moving into this podcast episode, um, I'm excited to talk about the power of the cross. Wow. I can have a whole 5 million episodes on that. Yeah, that's a big, big topic. It's a big topic. But we're going to simplify it and only take maybe like one little corner, one little road. Yeah. I know that Easter is coming around the corner and um, Good Friday is coming around the corner. Later on, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff around there. But this is just going to be like a, maybe like a glimpse. You know what? Because, you know, we cannot get tired of talking about the cross. No, we shouldn't. We should not. You know, like... <laughs> Literally, if you're a Christian, you probably own a cross. You probably have either a necklace with the cross or you have something in your house with the cross. I know when we first moved in, we had an actual like um, like wall decoration that said, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. Right. Right. And at my mom's house, she has like a little plaque with a cross on it. And it says, you know, love is kind, love is patient, love is, you know, never does wrongdoings. So the cross is a very, very important factor in our uh, relationship with God. Oh, yeah. The cross so, has a lot of significance. A lot of significance. So today we're going to talk about the power of the cross. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right. So in order for us to understand the power of the cross, first we have to identify and understand the three S's. What are the three S's? The three S's are sin, shame, and sickness. Okay. Okay. And we're going to discuss these three S's because they have a lot to do with the power of the cross as well. Okay. They're going to tie in at the end as to why we're talking about the three S's. Okay. So let's break it down first with sin. Okay. Uh, Lewis, tell me what sin is. Um. Sin is, I'm trying to think of a very great way to put this. Don't uh, make it hard, okay. please. Okay, <laughs> let's let's make this easy. Let's make it easy. Uh, sin is anything that 
pretty much goes against God's word. There you go. There you go. So sin is anything that goes against what the word of God says. Yes. Okay. Sin is anything that is in the wrong. And, uh, and if you know what's right and you do it, sometimes you do it unconsciously. Sometimes you do it consciously, regardless of what it is. It's sin. Right. Okay. So sin was actually first introduced to us by Adam and Eve. Yep. In the Garden of Eden. We're going to go straight to the beginning of the Bible. Okay. The first sin that was introduced to us was disobedience. Okay. And the disobedience came. If you guys don't know the story, now you know. Uh, God created Adam and Eve, put him in the Garden of Eden. And he told him, you can eat of any fruit, any vegetable, anything in this garden that I have created for you, except for the tree of knowledge, the tree of knowledge in life. Okay. And on that tree of knowledge of life, we don't know why. This is the selective tree that God has said not to touch, but that's the one that he said not to touch. It was tempting. Okay, it was tempting. And I'll tell you why it was tempting. I didn't get tempted until a snake came. Right. The snake was in the form of the enemy, the devil. Yes. Okay. And the snake went ahead and he tried to talk to Eve. Eve saw that the fruit was there. She was like, oh, maybe what the snake says is true. She took a bite. After she took a bite, she went to her man. And she told her man, hey, this is a really good apple. Why don't you try it? And the man said, sure, I'll try it. Because he's thinking, if my Eve told me, then maybe it's right. Yep. Disobedience. Okay? Totally. Disobedience. So sin is first introduced at the very beginning of Adam and Eve. This is the first S, sin. Okay? Shame. Followed up by shame. Okay. Okay. What is shame? Shame is the product of a sin. Yes, it's, it's feeling it's a feeling, right? It is not a feeling. It is uh, not. It, shame you can is feel act- shame. Well, you can feel shame, but shame goes a little bit deeper than a feeling. Okay? okay. And the reason why it goes deeper is because it hits your morals. So what happens is you know that you did something wrong and you feel shame because now you're like, okay, I can either keep going and keep being disobedient and keep going with the sin because now I'm unclean. I can keep going. Or you will be hit with shame and you will want to like hide yourself and you would want to like correct yourself and you can repent from your shame. You can say, you know what, God, I'm in the wrong. I did a sin and I feel bad. And -hmm. now I want you to work in me. Right. But that didn't happen in this Bible story. So what happened was shame is introduced to us in Genesis three when all of a sudden God approaches them and they're like, uh, what are you doing? Mm hmm. They were covering themselves with like, uh, you know, with leaves and branches. Yeah, they, they were, were naked. Well, they knew they were naked when they first got in in the Garden of Eden. Did they? They knew 100 percent that they were naked. They had no shame in the mm. Garden of Eden. No shame whatsoever. God created them beautifully and God put them the way it was. Their mind was not attached on, oh, This is how she looks. This is how she looks because there was no sin. Right, right. Okay, so just imagine you live in a perfect world and God puts you the way you're supposed to be. Everything is beautiful. Everything is great. We're following the rules. The moment that you did a sin, shame comes in. Okay, now I do want to read in verse 11, right? Verse 11 in chapter 3 of Genesis, it says uh, that God approached them and he replied, Who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat of? Verse 12, the man replied and said, it was the woman. She gave it to me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. And the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? 
And then she goes ahead and she blames the serpent. Well, the serpent deceived me and that's why I ate it. So let me tell you guys something. When you know that you're in the wrong and you have shame, you tend to blame people. Yeah, you point the finger. You point the finger. Why do you point the finger? Because you don't want it to be you. Because you don't want to, like, be honest. Like, you feel bad. You know, it's kind of like a little kid, right? So, like, let's say a little kid. It's admitting that you're wrong. Exactly. It's a big pill to swallow. And you know what? This is something that you did not want him to deal with in the first place. Right. So, bring it down to, like, our society, our level, right? You didn't want to lie to somebody, but you lied to them. You were dishonest about something, right? And now, all of a sudden, you feel shame. And you're like, oh, man. Like, now I feel like our relationship is not going to be the same. But that's not my fault. I didn't mean to be dishonest. I was trying to hold my feelings out to make sure that she felt okay. Right. You see what I'm saying? So you're not trying to blame yourself, but because you already did the sin, you already now feel ashamed. Okay. A a shame of what's going on. Okay. So now we got sin. We got shame. We're moving on to the third S and that's sickness. Sickness. All right. So plain and simple. Sickness is an illness. Sickness is a disease. Sickness does not come from God. <laughs> Pretty much. Point blank. Yeah. God is not down, you know, up in heaven looking down saying, let me give this person this disease. Let me give this person that disease. Okay. Sin does not come from God. However, it happens. It happens in this world and sickness is an affliction. It's uh, it's something that causes an abnormal behavior or pain or suffering. And sickness could be spiritual, physical or mental. Right. Yeah. Sickness can come for a time and a season or sickness for some reason can last a really long time. Okay, but, you know, we believe in a God who is powerful and we believe in a God that is a God of a healer. And, you know, regardless if you have a sickness or not, sickness happens. It's sometimes it's unavoidable. It just happens. Okay, but uh, sickness. Is is also considered an unclean spirit. Okay. Um, it's a it's a spirit that takes over your body sometimes, takes over your mind sometimes, and literally can sometimes mess up your spirit. Okay, yep. so like if you literally have a conflicted, confusing mind, you can consider yourself literally in a spirit. Okay, so uh, a physical sickness that is introduced in Genesis, the first time we hear of an actual sickness, is uh, is when Sari, which is later known as Sarah. Um, Abraham's wife, well, Abram's wife, because his name didn't change yet, um, is dealing with a physical sickness where she cannot bear kids. She can't have kids. Right. All right. So from Genesis 1 all the way through Genesis 15, all the women are having kids. The world is being multiplied. Uh, people are getting married. Adam and Eve, they had kids. Um, and, ex, and um, you know, the people after him, his kids had kids. I mean, we're talking about literally, like, I think it's Genesis, like, 11 or 12. And it goes on and on about the generations and generations and people just multiplying. Okay. But for some reason, in Genesis 16, sorry, can't have any kids. Again, sorry, Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah. Okay. She can't have any kids. All right. It doesn't say why she can't have kids. She just she doesn't have any kids. Okay. She can't conceive any. She's been married to Abraham at this point for probably about 90 years, because I think around this point, Abraham is about 90 years old and she still can't have kids. She has not had any kids. Okay. Um, So she tries to fix her own sickness. And I'm going to tell you how she tries to fix it. Uh, The Bible says that 
she gets her servant, her Egyptian servant, and she tries to think, well, since I can't give my husband kids, let me have my servant sleep with my husband and maybe she'll have the kid for me. Mm-hmm. Now, back in the old days, there was no such thing as surrogacy. Okay. This was just an idea that she came up with. Right. Like nowadays, there's an actual process where if you can't have kids, you have a surrogate and somebody else holds your baby and they give you that baby. There's contracts they have to sign. There's an agreement. None of that takes place now in biblical times in Genesis. Okay. So she goes ahead and she says, you know what? I have a shortcoming. I have a problem. I cannot fix it on my own. Let me have my Egyptian servants sleep with my husband. And she goes and she she tells them that's fine, right? The husband says, okay, my wife is in agreement. Let's do it. But she later finds out that because she tried to fix her own sickness, she got a little bit of shame. Right. And I'm going to tell you how, okay. okay? The Egyptian servant, while she's pregnant, treats Sarah differently. Mm. literally treats her like a low level yeah. like ha you couldn't you couldn't keep your man to have kids you couldn't allow your lineage to keep going so i fixed it for you so now she feels like uh she's put her in contempt right she's looked down upon her and and she and we see later on that sarah goes to her husband she's like well why did you allow this to happen and she tries to blame him and she's like, it's not my fault. I blame God. I blame you. And he's like, um, do whatever it is that you need to do to fix this problem. Right. Abraham's like, this was your idea. You, you tried to fix your own sickness. So now you figure it out. But we see Sarah trying to fix her own sickness, trying to do what only God can do. And you know what? In, in our society right now, sometimes we do that. Sometimes try to fix our own problems. We try to fix our own problems. We try to fix our own shame. We try to say, hey, I made a mistake, but no, I can fix this. And we don't we don't give God the opportunity to tell us what we need to do. Right. We we hope that we can justify our actions. Yeah. And that's wrong. That is totally wrong, guys. I'm telling you, you will not be able to fix your own actions, your own mistakes by yourself. You need to go to God. You need to have a conversation with God. And you need to say, God, listen, I made a mistake. I feel like I, I have so much shame on me. I should have never been disobedient. I should have never done this sin. Like, that's how God moves mountains. That's how God is able to give you your healing. Like, don't be anything like Sarah at this moment. Don't be trying to fix your own problems. Okay, guys? So we've tackled, uh, you know, physical sickness. And we're going to talk now about um, spiritual sickness. Okay, because I told you that you can have a sickness spiritually. Back in Genesis 6, uh, there was a spiritual sickness. And the reason why we know this is because in verse 3, it says, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only moral flesh. So the descendants of Adam um, have not taken to heart or loved God the way he wanted them to. The descendants of Adam did not live to the holy standards that were set upon Adam and Eve. And because of that, in this in this particular chapter, Genesis 6, we literally see God saying, man, I'm not going to be able to do what I wanted to do here. It is obvious Adam and Eve have made a mistake and sin is in this world. But now things have gotten to the point where 
It's not just sin with one couple I created. It's sin with a lot of people, with a lot of people that are living on this earth. So he says, well, you know, now they've committed and they're in spiritual sickness. And, and, and he recognizes like, well, we have to figure something out. We need to do something to heal this. Right. Okay. So that's spiritual sin. And then, um, mental sin. We didn't talk about mental sin. Mental sin is actually introduced to us in Genesis four. Okay. And this is the story of Abel, Cain and Abel. Mm -hmm. Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. Yes. Okay. Cain and Abel, they talk about how both of them were brothers and, uh, you know, one was good at crafting things uh, when it comes to hunting and the other one was good at taking care of the house. Right. So one was really good at, hey, I need food. I'm going to go hunt some boar. I'm going to go buy a bear. I'm going to go make sure that I bring back the food. Right. But the other one was making sure that the house was all together. OK. Now, the only problem is when they brought their offerings to their dad, right? Uh, Abel was always with an upper hand. Abel, they they say that Abel was a favorite son because his mom loved him. Okay. Right. Cain was getting envious. Cain was getting jealous. Cain was getting to the point where he was dealing with some mental sickness. He was confused. He was conflicted, and he was not in the right right mindset. Up until the point where he took his mental uh, illness and put it into action and killed his brother Abel right on the spot. Mm -hmm. So his sin was envy and jealousy. As a product of his sin, he was ashamed of what he couldn't bring to the table for his family. And now he has a mental sickness and he has caused an even worse accident. Yep. All right. So now we have conquered all sin shame and sickness the three s's the three s's and we're gonna talk about now the power of the cross okay let's talk about it the only way you can get rid of the three s's is with the power of the cross agree okay that is the answer the only way you can get rid of sin is when you focus more on jesus christ and what he did for you on the cross the only way you can get over shame is to be able to focus on who Jesus is, why he died on the cross. And the only way you are able to conquer your sickness is because of the fact that Jesus died on the cross. Right. Literally. Okay. So we're going to go into First uh, Peter. And I want Lewis to read the first one. It's going to be First Peter chapter 2. And it's uh, verse, excuse me, verse 22 to 25. Okay. All right. Go for it. And this is the... New Living Translation. Right. And uh, it says, He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. You once were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. All right. So basically, this is a synopsis of what Jesus did on the cross. OK, the power of the cross doesn't necessarily mean that the cross that was made out of wood had the power. No, it doesn't. The power of the cross is a reflection of who died on the cross. 
that one cross that Jesus Christ laid there for the hours that he spent being persecuted, being spit on, being whooped, being stripped of his dignity. And it literally goes in and he says he was blameless. He did not sin. He didn't do anything whatsoever. He did not. He didn't go against anything at all. And they put him on the cross. But he still had power. A lot of it. Jesus had all the power that his father gave him. Jesus still has power right now. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read this because I need you guys to understand this. We're talking about sin, shame, and sickness. And literally in these verses, it says he never sinned, but he still loved us and gave his life. Right. And it says like, by his wounds, you are healed. So your sickness has already been paid for. So regardless if you're dealing with a sickness that is physical, that is mental, or that is spiritual, you have the same power that Jesus has to be able to cast the sickness out of your body, out of your mind, and out of your spirit. Okay? So I'm just going to reiterate this verse and the NIV version. So that's the New International Version. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22 to 25, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found on his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not re- retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you are healed for you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. So, guys, if you're dealing with sin, don't. Don't get lost in your shame because God took your sin already away. There's another verse in the Bible that says he forgives you and forgets. He casts it as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't come back a few years later and say, oh, but remember you did this. Oh, remember you slept with this person. Oh, remember you cursed that person out. He doesn't do that. He's a loving God. He sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to take away your sin. You know what it is to feel the sin of the whole world? I don't know what that feels. No. I mean, I feel bad if I sin. If I sin and I know I did something wrong, I feel bad. And I I try to repent as soon as possible. Yeah, and and just to bring to the table, it doesn't matter how big your sin may be or feel. Sin doesn't have a size. Right. It's sin is sin no matter what it is. It doesn't have a size. And it, and it doesn't have a measure. A sin is a sin. I mean, a sin of a murder is the same sin as if you're cursing somebody out. That's right. So, like, don't be trying to justify your shame either. Don't try to finger point like Sarah did. Don't try to finger point like Adam did. Like, don't just don't try to do it. Because chances are you're not going to win that conversation. <laughs> like, God is not interested in who you try to point your finger in. God is interested in how he can forgive you so you can point the finger back to him. Exactly. 
like honestly like god god wants to take away your sin he wants to take away your shame and he wants to take away your sickness any i'm telling you guys anybody who is sick right now pray for yourself and with the authority and power that lives in jesus christ announce that you don't have that anymore keep taking your medicine keep following the doctor's instructions but know that the god that we serve the god that is the almighty is literally the only one that can take away all of your pain all your pain all your suffering all your sickness it can be gone i mean at this point because you have the power it's really up to you to make sure that you're ready for it that's right because sometimes God can be like, I'm ready to give your healing, but you're not ready for it. You, you have to own it. You have to own it. You have to put the authority in, but and you have to be ready. You have to see with your spiritual eyes that you don't have that sickness anymore. Okay? And then I also want to say, not only does not only does God give his only son to die on the cross to get persecuted, to get insulted, to be betrayed by. But he puts the sin of the world, past and future, that weight on his body. And it's the first time that we see that God and Jesus are not on the same playing field, which is why he says on the cross, like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That connection that Jesus had so much sin on him, he could not talk to his father. His father was like, I can't even look at you because you have so much sin on you. That was not a decision that he made. That was an obedience that he did because of his father. Right. And if God, if Jesus can obey God, despite the pain that he went through, then there's more than sufficiency that we can be obedient to God. Yep. Okay. And, and I also want to mention that Jesus died on the cross. He died, but he rose again. Yes. And he rose again, again to show his power. Not only does his power show up on the cross, but his power shows up out of the grave. Out of the grave. I mean, that is some powerful stuff. Like Jesus, he took back the power that the devil thought he had against him. Took that key away and said, no, 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 no. My God has power in heaven, on earth, above the grave, and on the cross. He has the power. That is that is just amazing. It is very amazing. So, guys, like, that's what it is. The challenge is um, every day when you pray in the morning or you pray at night, give thanks to God for the cross. Give thanks to God for allowing his son to die on the cross to take away your sin, your shame, and your sickness. And it sounds pretty easy, but there's so much power in acknowledging who Jesus is. And, and, and what he did. And what he did. You can gain freedom. You can gain healing. You can gain mercy. You can gain grace. You can gain favor. You can gain love. You can gain so much from God just by acknowledging the power of God and saying thank you. Like, thank you, God for allowing your son to die on the cross and rise again. I'm excited for Easter. I feel like this is just a taste of what our listeners can really hear of the power of the cross. Oh, yeah. So. And it, and it tastes good. It tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> that, it tastes good. I think so. 
<laughs> I like that. It's funny, <laughs> but I like it. So thank you guys so very much for tuning into this episode. And, you know, I'm excited. And, and I feel like there's people out there that you might be going through one of these S's, but don't you worry because the cross has the power to take away those three S's. Amen. All right. So have a good rest of the weekend and we cannot wait to talk to you for episode 16. All right. God bless. God bless you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless. Thank you.